This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohn and Shane Dale, and all I have to say is this, 44 to 6, and yes, I was wrong. And you know what? I'm glad to be wrong. I thought Arizona would be on the wrong end of a score that was not pretty, and boy, did our Wildcats lay the smackdown, Shane, on a ranked Washington State team. Happy birthday to me, Eric. And and happy belated birthday to you. you. On your birthday, this happened. Yeah, yeah, and I was happy to be wrong about that. I thought they were going to get smoked by both USC and Washington State. I even predicted that on Twitter slash X slash Elon's platform, and uh, they almost went two and zero against those teams. So uh, amazing! Uh, I uh, I had a birthday dinner, but I scheduled at six, which I thought, oh, well, probably by the second half, we're going to be losing anyway, so it's all good. But kept an eye on the on the uh, on the score, enjoyed the dinner, and then came home and uh, watched the second half. Uh, recorded this quarter of the game, watched the second half while uh, eating some celebratory birthday cake. So it was a it was a good birthday and amazing win. And I guess it was was it Arizona's most lopsided win over a ranked road team, a ranked team on the road ever. Ever amazing, absolutely amazing. There, there's nothing that could have predicted Arizona holding a team to six points. No, that was the there's, most no, there's nothing. And you know what? I, let me just get this right off the bat, Shane. Sorry, Johnny Nansen, because we doubted Mm. you and I doubted you and we were questioning, uh, you know, should you have kept your job? I'm not going to I'm going to say this. Having Dwayne Aquina there makes probably a huge difference. But wow, the the fact this unit held a ranked team that was scoring in bunches to six points on their home turf is phenomenal. Well, and the biggest difference between this game and the other games Arizona's played this season was the defense was definitely better, but they got the takeaways against Washington state. They got, they didn't just get stops. They got turnovers and essentially they got five of them. They had the two interceptions, Mm -hmm. their first two picks of the year. They had the fumble and they got two stops on, uh, on downs in uh, Washington state territory uh, that led to 10 more points. So that's what was missing this whole time was defense turning right into offense. And so that was the big leap that need that defense. The only really big leap the defense still needed to make. And they keep that up the rest of the season. Look out. All right, let's get right into it. There's a lot to discuss. Our buddy Aaron Torres is going to make his first appearance on the show in quite a while uh, later on, and he's going to do picks with us, so we appreciate that. But Shane, let's start it off with your standouts. Shane's standouts, go for it. Easy for you to say. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll start. You know, we, we've we've given it to Noah Fafita a bunch, but I, I got to mention our guy, a former Wildcat Country guest, Rayshon Luke. You may know him as Speedy, who had mm-hmm. a finally had a big breakout game. Uh, that 40 yard run, the first play of the second quarter, where he just. Uh, Lip it to his name, sped by everyone on the in the Cougar defense. Uh, had, a, had a big game. I think for a long time, Eric, we were waiting for him to really join that running back rotation. Yeah. Um, and that three, it really a four headed monster with the injured Michael Wiley. But even now, with with uh, Jonah Coleman and DJ Williams, I mean, just being able to rotate those three guys now with, with Speedy having a big game. Hopefully, he keeps that up. So it's great to see that he got a lot of reps and deservedly so. Hopefully, he'll be a big part of the last five games of the season. You know, defense. Now cheated the last couple of times and given it to the whole defensive team, which I could do again this time. I'm going to go with with, with Jacob Kongaika because he made that big stop on fourth down on Washington State's mm-hmm. second possession. Because remember, Washington State marched right down the field in their first possession. You know, yep. they, they they got a couple of third down conversions, they scored easily, and you're thinking, you know, here we go, it's going to be a long day in Pullman, and then. Washington State gets smacked in the mouth in that second possession uh, after Arizona scores on that touchdown, that long uh, catch and run by Jonah Coleman. Then he uh, finishes the drive with a one yard run. And then Washington State tries to catch Arizona off guard on fourth and short, goes quick, and Kangaika just just plows through the, the Washington State offensive line and makes that play. That, to me, if you want to go way back early in the game, was the play of the game because it set the tone for the defense, gave them confidence. Arizona only got a field goal uh, off of that, but I think that set the tone for the defense for the rest of the game and, and let Washington State you – know, Washington State went for two on their first possession. They thought they were going to push Arizona around. Didn't get the two-point conversion, and then the Arizona gets that stop, and it's just a completely different game. So he set the tone early, and I think it, it it's what, what propelled uh, Arizona to, to hold Washington State scoreless for the rest of the game. 
It is time for a lengthy buy or sell, which is presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. If you are watching the, the video stream, Shane is drinking out of his Ice Shaker, and you can get one too by going to iceshaker.com and using promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, to get $5 off or find it at fanatics.com. All right, Shane, we got a lot to go over, but number one, this was the most impressive and surprising Arizona victory since Oregon in 2014. Buy or sell? Uh, certainly surprising, not just not necessarily that they won, but how they did it. Uh, and certainly the most impressive in as long as I can remember. I mean, the yep. most well-rounded victory from from quarterback play to the running backs, just, you know, you could rotate those guys in and in, uh, all day long, in and out. Uh, the, the defense, the defensive line, you know, rotating guys in and out, keeping those fresh bodies against the offensive line. The receivers did their job. Tanner McLaughlin had a good game. The secondary for the two, their first two interceptions of the season. That first one was just a, a duck by uh, whoever threw that for Washington state. Um, but it was it, it, on the kicking game, everything, everything clicked for the first time all season. And we were waiting for it, not just this season, but longer than that. Um, but it was really, like I said, the first game where the deep where it was defense turning into offense, turning into points, uh, Noah Fafita played a, a, I would say a flawless game, but a mistake-free game, a major mistake-free game, which is all you can really ask. So it, it was a, 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 a beatdown that I thought was, I, I thought Was Arizona was catching Washington State at a bad time because I thought they were going to be PO'd after losing at UCLA, and 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 they looked even worse. I mean, Washington State didn't look good, but I think you know a lot of times I'm kind of cynical and I come away thinking, well, the other team just didn't play very well. I think this was more about Arizona just dominating and enforcing their will. And we were just waiting for this game to happen. And it jet, this is the game that Arizona finally turned a corner period. Yes. You know, the, the, yep. UCLA, Simple the, yep. the UCLA game last year that they, they, you could, you could see it coming. They, they put everyone on notice that we're about to get there. USC Arizona, was almost that Shane. USC was true. last week was almost very that. close, but Arizona has officially turned a corner. Now, whether they keep it going is up to them, but they've turned a corner now. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, I'll just keep it short. Uh, this was as impressive a victory top to bottom that I can remember in my time being an Arizona fan. Maybe somebody, if you have a game that stands out that's comparable to this, uh, then let against a legitimate team, you know, not NAU or Idaho or UTEP or somebody like that, yeah. against a ranked team. Uh, the only one that would come to mind, I would say, I think it's 2005, uh, it was homecoming, uh, Willie Tui Thomas freshman year. They played UCLA and put it on him. Uh, I would say that game in terms of domination of a really good team yeah. would be comparable. But I, in in recent memory, uh, you know, for those of you listening, uh, this was as good as we've seen Arizona in, in a long time. So impressive. And, and I mean, the whole team, everybody. I don't know if anybody played a bad game. It was and I haven't seen how everybody's graded out, but it was just a phenomenal performance. All right, number two, Shane, in terms of power rankings, I think it's fair to say now that Arizona is in the top half of Pac-12 teams by herself. Well, let's break it down. Uh, so Oregon and Washington, I think, would still have to be ahead. Yeah. Uh, USC, in spite of the last couple of weeks, I would still put ahead of Arizona. If you disagree, yep. that's fine. That's Utah, fine. Utah for the time being as well. Yeah. Uh, and Oregon State. Yep. And then you go, who would be below Arizona? Obviously, our neighbors to the uh, to the north. Uh, Stanford and Cal, even though Stanford had that big win at Colorado, I'd still put them below Arizona. Uh, Colorado, I'd put Arizona uh, below Arizona for that reason. Uh, that, that leaves, uh, who have I left out? I, that leaves UCLA. UCLA. So uh, you could decide whether UCLA should be above or below. For now, I'd probably put UCLA ahead, which would put Arizona just outside of the top half at number seven. The good news is this is all going to take care of itself. They play Oregon State at home next uh, after their bye week, and then they play UCLA at home. So you can debate it all you want. It's going to take care of itself. But certainly, uh, I, I think the first three or four weeks of the season, I think most people would say they were maybe the best unranked Pac-12 team because there were eight ranked teams earlier in the season. So you put them at number nine. Right now, I think they're right in the middle, which considering how good the Pac-12 is, of course, in its final yeah. season, I think that's a compliment. Do you think that Arizona right now is one of the 25 best teams in America? Right now. Yeah. Based on the way they played the last two yeah. weeks specifically. Yes. Yeah. I and don't against think they... Washington too. And yeah. I mean, against Washington. And yeah. you know, Blair Willis gave out that stat. Yeah. Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Cam Ward, one combined touchdown. And Jed Fish noted that stat today during his press conference. So shout out to Blair for that. He's still doing yeah. work as an SID. Still doing work. How about uh, that? But yeah, I, I don't now I don't think they deserve to be ranked top 25 because they've lost three games and that's sure. that. But are uh, a separate question. Are they are they one of the top 25 best teams in the country based on how they're playing right now? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I, I would I would probably agree with that. 
yeah, maybe we're going a little over the top, but we just saw yeah. 44 to six. And yeah. I mean, you all saw it too, or you've, you've seen the highlights. That was as dominant as any team over a ranked team will probably see all year. Yeah, in my absolutely, in my absolutely, and, on and the I, road, on the road, on the road, no less. And and I think that the challenge now for Jetfish, it's a good challenge to have, but it's not to let complacency sit in, and not to think, yeah. let this team think that it's it's arrived, which I think is so tempting for nineteen and twenty year old kids, as mature as they might be, to think that they're finally arrived and they're gonna. You know, they're going to coast and they're going to go home and have a big home field advantage and roll over Oregon State. I'm not saying they're thinking that way, but I think it's easy for that to kind of creep in in the back of your mind. And so now the challenge is for him and the staff to keep them focused, keep them hungry, keep them humble. Uh, I love, by the way, I love Noah Fafita's interview after the game. He's a very humble guy. He spreads the credit around. I think his head's on on the right way. Uh, but that's going to be the challenge is to, it's like, okay, we, we finally played the way we were capable of. Now we got to keep it going and we got to work even harder the rest of the season, which was Jed Fisher's message in his press conference on Monday. It, it was. Now, um, you the next question, you, you can't go back to Jade Delora against Oregon State if he's healthy, can you? I, oh, he can't. Jed, Jed can you, do you, you, he wants you can't. To do, At this point, you can't. You I don't can't. think so. I, I watched his answer carefully in the press conference on Monday and he, he wasn't very committed to it way or the other, which doesn't have to be. It's a bye week. But he did note which was kind of interesting to me that he he did he did make a point to note that Jaden Delora he said when he cuz he took the last snap in that game he took the knee i think it was yeah. J- letting Jaden uh, take the you know get the last snap at his former school yeah. uh, which i guess Jaden really appreciated but and that was awesome and Noah Fafita was on the field for it it was a great moment um but i Jed Fish went out of his way in his press conference to note that Jaden's uh leg still isn't in very good shape so you could see him kind of hobbling on the field mm-hmm. there. All that I th- so if you want to interpret that, you could say, well, maybe he's just continuing to make the point that he's not going to be healthy going into the Oregon State game, so we can kind of keep using that to start Noah Fafita. It's interesting though because if you if you think about him being possibly a game time decision, or reportedly Jaden Delora game time decision against Washington State, it sounds like that was never really the case. So no, I don't think he's going to go back to Jaden Delora. I think it's going to be really. I think he's in a tough spot. He loves Jaden Delora. They have a great relationship. And Jaden's been a very positive, uh, you know, a cheerleader for Noah Fafita, which is great. Right. But, but no, at this point, the only thing missing between the Noah Fafita's first two starts and this one was a win. Now you got that. Now you got the yeah. blowout. Now you and got a dominant you know, one. Yeah. You have to keep rolling with that guy. And I think even Jedfish knows that. If Noah is healthy, I think Jaden Delora probably played his last snap at Arizona uh, on Saturday. Uh, I'll say that. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see how you can go back to him. This team is brimming with confidence. He plays just smart football. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wish Jaden nothing but the best, but I'll tell you, this is Noah's team right now. And he has the support of everybody and the fan base. I mean, it's uni- pretty much unanimous. Like I, I understand it, it stinks to lose your job because of injury, but that's sometimes it just happens that way. And this is a case of th- this program is better off for the long term with Noah Fafita. He's got to be the guy. And the reality, Eric, is that a lot of us were clamoring to see Noah Fafita even before Jade Delora got hurt, just because we yeah. wanted to see what he what he's got, and and he's been great. He's been he's gotten better every game we've seen him. He did yeah. okay against Washington, better against USC, and then was just again he didn't. You can't really point to like a big throw he made that that kind of sidearm throw he threw to T Mac was great, but right. he was just a great manager of the game, and yeah. that's all he needs to be in this offense. Yep, yeah. it was it was phenomenal. All right. Uh, number four, Shane, um, what is Arizona's ceiling at this point? Not necessarily a buy or sell, but, yeah. um, you know, we've got five games left. you got Oregon State after the buy, UCLA after that, at Colorado, Utah from there, and then at ASU. I mean, you can make an argument, and I, uh, and I understand people who want to say Arizona could win all five. Yeah. What is the realistic? Is it, is it uh, nine wins? Are we talking nine and three well, as a realistic? Let me just put my here's my expectation, you know, because we okay. we reevaluate our expectations, uh, you know, yes. different points of the season. Yeah, uh, my expectation for this team, and I think it's a reasonable one, is that they are bowl eligible before they play ASU. Okay, that means, that means they go two and two in those their their next four games. Which I look, I think they can win all of them. I don't expect them to win it all because they're they're that's a it's a still a tough schedule. They have three. Uh, ranked home teams, and then there are two games on the road. You know, Colorado, who knows? ASU, it's a rivalry game. Uh, Arizona hasn't won in Tempe since 2011, so who knows? Uh, they're all very winnable. Uh, I don't expect them to win them all, but I do I do expect them 
to at least find a way to split those four games so they don't have to depend on a rivalry territorial cup victory just to get to a bowl game. I think right now the ceiling is eight wins. Um, the ceiling is four and one. And I, I, you know, I think realistic, I think anything short of seven based on what we've seen thus far. And I'd be a little disappointed. I mean, somebody was saying on Twitter and, and I understand that or X, whatever you want to call it, that six and mm. six, you know, you stick with the expectations after what we saw the other day, this is, has to be a winning season. Yeah. Seven and five. You play your bowl game, win or loss, you are, it is a winning season. And the next year, going to the Big 12, um, we we have higher expectations. At this point, though, uh, Arizona got to win seven games. And you, you you have to at least win one of the two Oregon State or UCLA. That is a must. That gets you to yeah. five. And, and then I think you got to win one of the two, Colorado, Utah, and then you got to beat ASU. I mean, it, you know, you win seven games and lose to ASU, it's somewhat disappointing. Yeah, you got to beat I, ASU as the sure. seventh yeah. win. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's no, a bad what, ASU team and it's a good Arizona team. Agree 100%. I'm just saying the rivalry games, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I kind of want to table that for now because that's that's like it's like Dick Tomey said, he kind of treated that game as a, as a, season, a season in itself. Okay. So, uh, but so uh, I, I, I'll, I'll take that. But, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's kind of unfair in a way because now that Arizona played so well, the expectations are raised and now six wins seems like a disappointment all of a sudden. But I do think that that's a fair assessment. Everything's clicking now. And based on how talented this team is and how well they played the last couple of weeks, really, uh, or even you want to go back to the last three, really with Noah Fafita as quarterback and the defense continuing to mature, I would say this, I would actually agree with you that they win fewer than seven games. It would probably be, be considered a disappointment because that means you lose three of your last five, especially if one of those came against ASU. All right, three bonus questions here, Shane. Uh, number one, Jed Fish right now. Deserves a contract extension by yourself. I, I don't, I mean, deserves, I don't know. It, it, here's the thing. He's done a great job. I think we all agree on that, even though we may have our issues here and there with his play calling or whatever, but he's what 11 and tw- 10 and 21 as a head coach. And he's going to get, you're talking about a second contract extension. So I would dial it back a little bit. I, my biggest thing right now is they want to make sure he has enough money to retain his assistants. Cause that's going to be, that's massive. Uh, his, uh, this, the guys he's brought on as his assistants have been, um, outstanding, including Johnny Nansen. We have to mention that. Um, but he's, he's going to, going to make more every year, 3 million total in 24, 3.2 million in 25, 3.25 million in 26, 3.6 million in his final, the final year of his contract as of now. If, if he's doing, look, if he, you know, they win seven or eight games this year, they get off to a great start next year. His name's going to start coming up in, in coaching searches. And then I think you have to pull the trigger and make another and 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 try to uh, keep him with another extension. But for now, for right now, four wins. They are not even bowl eligible yet. They already had one extension less than a year ago. I would keep it at that for now. Okay. Uh, number two, you tagged me in a video on uh, X uh, of fans trolling Caleb Williams, uh, a Notre Dame fan. Uh, I thought it was ridiculous. I you know not that I'm a big Caleb fan as a person and his you know, uh, ridiculous, uh, you know, being a, his mm. ego, yeah. but that it was so obnoxious. If you haven't seen it, just look at, uh, look at X and you'll see what Shane tagged me in yeah. your thoughts. on do you, do you like, are you okay with fans doing that? Or do you think it's <laughs> no, obnoxious? Like it, I did. I think it's okay. I, I think it. it's, it's obnoxious and I don't like fans going up to players like that. I will be honest. I laugh my ass off. Oh, I hated it. I, I thought I it was. I thought it. it was. Look, if it was one of Arizona's guys and an ASU fan went up and did that, I'd be livid. Okay, but just the way he the guy did it, and it's like because he's, he's talked about like uh, show us your your nails now because Caleb Williams had like F N D on his nails or whatever it was. I just the way it progressed, I laughed. I was at work. I looked at it. I laughed. I'll admit it. With that said, I would not have blamed Caleb Williams if he knocked him on his rear end. So I, I agree the players shouldn't be sub- subject to that, but I will not lie. I did laugh at that video. I would have, I would have popped that. It, I mean, it took everything. I got to give Caleb a lot of credit. I would have wanted to. He was pop very that restrained. Kick. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I would after getting my butt kicked at Notre Dame. Boy, mm-hmm. I was wrong about that game, by the way. All right. Uh, last one here before we get to Aaron Torres. All right. So Arizona now the AP poll is out. They are number 12, which is, is fair. Okay, maybe switching a to men's lower. basketball, just to be clear here. Yeah, men's basketball. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought they're a little lower than than I expected, but here's yeah. their non-conference. Yeah. Duke is number two. Purdue is number three. Michigan State number four. Florida Atlantic number 10. 
Alabama 24, Wisconsin 26. Other Pac-12 teams up there, USC 21, Colorado 26, UCLA 28. Mm. So basically we see the Pac-12 is weaker in the preseason polls. Now, I don't love to put everything stock in preseason polls. Um, with that said, I see why Tommy Lloyd did what he did. Probably a little uh, aggressive, but we'll talk to Aaron about that. We'll get his opinion. The season technically kicks off on Friday as they uh, Wildcats play their uh, kick off their exhibition season with Lewis Clark State College. I believe that's in Idaho mm. uh, Friday night. What do you want to see? Any thoughts on what to expect from that game? Is there a point spread on that game? No, because it's an exhibition game. Okay. You can't okay. That's too bad. Um, I'll, you know what? The, the biggest thing I want to see early in the season from Arizona is depth. Uh, the potential for depth anyway. You're not going to learn that much in this game. You're probably going to have a lot of guys play 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, but I I want to see if this team can really go eight or nine deep. You know, we have the returning guys, uh, Larson, Balo, Boswell. We know they're going to be uh, integral parts uh, to the team. And then you have Caleb Love, uh, uh, Jaden Bradley, and Kashad Johnson all coming in as transfers. They're going to be big as well. So that's six. After that, you got uh, KJ Lewis, who's got a lot of hype as an incoming freshman. You have the European guys, Crevis uh, uh, and, and Morauskas. Uh, and then you got uh, can Henry Vasar make a leap forward after kind of a disappointing first season? Uh, can Philip Borvichin get on the court? The three point mm-hmm. champ in the um, in the the red blue scrimmage or whatever it's called now. Uh, so can out of those guys, are there two, hopefully three who can really get legitimate minutes this season and, and contribute? That's what I want to see because you have really the, that core six, the three guys from last year, the three transfers, can they get out? Are there two or three other guys in there who can eat up minutes? Uh, that's what I want to see. Uh, there's gotta be in that pool of, of what's five, six, the what five guys I mentioned, hopefully at least two who can be that. And we'll, and it, we're not going to see it all in that first game, but hopefully we'll start to see glimpses of it. Yeah, and I think you made a great point, Shane. What I'm most excited to see from this exhibition game doesn't count on the record and whatnot. It's just like a preseason game in the NFL, for example. No. What do the all the European guys, um, what do they look like? Yeah. Let's see their game. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, we saw a little bit when they traveled across the Middle East and whatnot. Um, but what does it look like now against, you know, a team that's probably a step up from a high school team? Um, let's see what, and Henry Vasar, we didn't see him. We haven't seen him at all in a while. Yeah. Is he going to be a part of the rotation or not? Is, does Krivas take his role? So at this point, I'm very curious on that. And we'll recap that next week since we don't have football. Yeah. So we'll preview obviously Oregon state next week and, and recap the scrimmage and just kind of some thoughts on that. But coming up next, let's talk to Aaron Torres, get his thoughts on 44 to six, his thoughts on where the Wildcats stand. His thoughts on Arizona's non-conference schedule in men's basketball and a lot more here on Wildcat Country. What's up, everyone? It's Chris Gronkowski and football season is back. Ice Shaker is a proud sponsor of the Wildcat Country podcast. Don't forget to check out some of our new products like the Ice Shaker with the built-in bump box speaker that's going to absolutely pop at your next tailgate party. Let's crush it this season. Bear down. Shane, one of my favorite guests that we have on semi-often. I think this is the eighth time that we have had him on. Ooh, but the seriously? first time wow. since yeah, it's been a while. Time, yep. It's been a while since last December. That NCAA Aaron investigation Torres. went on a long time. The IARP investigation <laughs> oh, yeah. went on for a very long the, time. The, like, the, the AARP. Yes. Yeah, the like, AARP the is time, right. Yeah. Uh, you can hear him on Fox Sports Radio, but you can find I mean, if are you one of the 33,400 followers on Twitter? Oh. If not, then you probably should be, or you should follow Torres on Arizona because they're breaking news and I'm retweeting them uh, just like Arizona's uh, top uh, 12 ranking in the AP poll that I saw earlier this morning. Aaron, glad to have you back on the show. We're going to start with football um, because you cover everything. Just your thoughts on this team coming off a 44 to 6 romping over a ranked team. Are you as surprised as we are? Um, Listen, am I surprised? Like, I thought they'd be improved. You know, you, you have a success. It's been building. It's been building. It's been building. Um, And I think I was a believer and maybe it's more of an indictment on Mississippi state, but like, I I thought they were the better team than Mississippi state that night and they lose in overtime and it's on the road and the cowbells and the, this and the, that. And I was like, this this team's got it together. And so um, I think the thing that has been, in my opinion, a little bit surprised, like the offense, like last year, the offense was so explosive, so good, so high scoring, so this, so that. 
And it hasn't really been that way. I mean, Eric, you, you cover the gambling stuff is like, wasn't Arizona one of the few teams, like all every game was an under at least through that Washington state game or something like that. So it's been a little bit more balanced. And then I think, you know, my, the tough part for, for me who tries to cover this stuff nationally is I thought the PAC 12 would be good this year. It has obviously exceeded expectations, but knowing that you have Washington and USC on the front end, knowing some of the teams that you have on the back end, um, I thought that they would hit the, the, the over under win total. I thought they'd get to six. I thought they'd get to a bowl game, but to, to go on the road, do what they did on Saturday. And then bluntly, as I said, I thought they were the better team against Mississippi state. Um, I, you know, were they the better team against USC? I don't know, but they, you know, like they, they there was plenty of opportunities to win that game. So, um, you know, to be where they are right now through this part of the season, I have been impressed. And obviously with the injury stuff and everything. So to answer your question, do I think that I thought that they would be here? If I looked at the schedule, I don't know, but I thought they would be improved. And it's clear based on Saturday that they are definitely trending in the right direction. Well, Aaron, uh, since it's been a while since we had you on, uh, congrats to your Huskies, a very belated congratulations oh, on you, another nat- yet another oh, national right. yeah, national title that. and the, uh, the, Hur- the uh, Hurley brother that we don't mind see, uh, see win. Uh, I got to ask you guys off air what everybody thinks about Bobby. Cause he's like the most successful coach in Arizona state history, but he's uh, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll be careful in case a lot of 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 mixed feelings about, about that guy uh, for sure. Not so much about her members. Let let me ask you, uh, Arizona's got a quarterback controversy, or at least if you ask the fans, there's no controversy. They should go with Noah Fafita going forward. But uh, Jed fish has been kind of straddling the fence, kind of ambiguous in his Monday press conference as to whether Jane Delore is going to get his job back when he's fully healthy or if uh, he'll stick with Noah Fafita, should Jane Delora be Wally pipped or drew Bledsoe or uh, uh, should, should you get his job back in your opinion? So you're saying no Fafita is Tom Brady 2.0. Is that the, he's the that lesson? good. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Multiple yeah. national championships uh, for Arizona. Six underdog. Super Bowls in the future. Okay. Yep. That's good to know. Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, I know like the old, sports edict of you don't lose your job when you're injured. But uh, I I know you guys cover this on a week in week out basis. I can only parachute in as an outsider and say the offense has looked so much better. They they, not, it hasn't looked significantly better, but there's so much confidence with that, that guy. And then the fact is they're playing really well. Um, Like, I know it's hard to say like they're winning because they, you know, they, they didn't beat USC, but I don't know, like to me, it feels like a no-brainer. You ride the hot hand. He has earned that opportunity. I would add, and again, I'm not in it like you guys are every day. It seems like Jaden Delora is his biggest supporter. You know, runs off the field, gives him a hug. I see him tweeting about how I'm so proud of Noah, blah, 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 this and that. And so I can only say as somebody who just watches this stuff, and I'm not at press conferences, I'm not there behind the scenes, but yes, I think Noah Fafita has earned the opportunity to keep starting. And I again, I understand the notion of of the the old sports saying of you don't lose your job if you're injured, but I think he's earned the opportunity. I think he's proven that he can win games at the highest level. And you look at the back half of the schedule, I think there's there's wins to be had. So I would ride him uh, as long as he keeps producing at the level that he has been. Yeah, let's look ahead to the rest of Arizona's schedule. They have a bye week, and then they, three of their last five uh, are at home. They got Oregon State and UCLA coming up. Won't be easy. At Colorado, won't be easy. It's, on, it's in Boulder. Uh, back at home against Utah, not easy. And then at ASU, rivalry game, who knows. How many wins do you see in the future for Arizona? It's a great question. Um, hmm. So they're 3-3 three and three right now. They Four have and three. fought. Four and three. Okay. Don't shortchange them. They're four and no, three. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because I, that's important, right? Is you want to oh, yeah. get not trying to undersell the program, but you yeah. want to get those six wins and get to a bowl game. I think I, I think they're absolutely bowl eligible. Listen, I'll say this is that Oregon State's really good. You know, I was a little lower on them because I don't trust DJU, but he has been very good for the most part this season. UCLA in my neck of the woods. Um, you know, the defense is better than the offense. I think I, I'll say this. I think getting them at home really does help like Dante Moore, freshman quarterback. He hasn't been great on the road. And then Utah, I know it's kind of a day by day, week by week basis. And I'm not dismissing ASU or Colorado, but you know, the, the, the ranked teams on the schedule, like Utah, I, I get that it's a week by week situation with Cam rising. That offense has not been very good. And so I, I look at that team and do I think like, you know, do I think that they're probably one of the 25 best teams in college football? Obviously, they're ranked in the top 25 as we as we speak here. Absolutely. But 
I think they're imminently beatable. I mean, the Cal game was pretty close, you know, for about two, two and a half quarters, um, you know, struggled to move the ball against Oregon State, really struggled to move the ball, even in some of the wins that they've had, you know, UCLA and right. the Baylor game, which was like a miracle. Yeah. So basically, as long as things keep trending the way that they are and, you know, you guys are hitting the buy at the right time, like, yes, I, I think. So I guess the question was how many wins I, I'll say a very conservative seven and five. I think seven and five is, is the right number for this team. Again, Oregon state's really good. Um, Colorado. I love the story, but I'm not quite sold on the direction that they're going. And then Utah and UCLA. I think they're actually very similar from the perspective that well coached all that, but there's real questions at quarterback. And as we know, Noah Fafita, Tom Brady 2.0, you know, we know who's going to have the quarterback <laughs> advantage in, in that game. So yeah. no, I, I like how the schedule breaks for Arizona. I really do. Boy, I love Shane having this uh, Noah Fafita, Tom Brady comparison. Now. You know, I was, you know, don't, don't put words in my mouth now. You uh, know, I'm, usually I'm, I'm the one who says dumb things. No, I'm just kidding. Well, uh, this is great. I love it. This is great. All right. All right. Uh, Aaron, we haven't had you on surprisingly since the whole realignment thing happened. Sure. Just your take on Arizona to the big 12 in football, Arizona, to the big 12 in basketball, uh, good move in both uh, bad move. I mean, all things like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I know that most Arizona fans were ready to for something new, just not not because like the, the Pac-12 was poorly run for a very long time. And so, yes, if you're asking me like in a perfect world, I would have loved for this for everyone to figure out how to make it happen, even post USC, UCLA. That clearly did not happen. And so I think it's a great landing spot. Um, You know, one from the basketball perspective, you know, one thing I give Tommy Lloyd credit for, like. He has been so aggressive in the out-of-conference scheduling. But I think, in, and I don't know this for sure, I haven't talked to anybody in the program, but I, I think it's probably because he knows there's not a lot of great wins to be had in the Pac-12. So yeah. um, I think the, the schedule is going to increase exponentially. The the, the talent that's going to come through Tucson, um, you know, you're not going to have to schedule as aggressively in the non-con, and maybe he still will. But, you know, I think you're not going to have to do that now because the conference is going to be much better. And then for football, you know, Eric, I know you saw saw this and I said this a few weeks ago. I actually think when you look at all these teams that are leaving for different conferences, I think Arizona is is set up nicely to have success in the Big 12 is that um, great basketball conference. I think there's a lot of programs uh, in football that that have upside, that have potential, that in the right year things can happen teams that are there I'm talking about, but who is that established program that you absolutely fear going in? Like Kansas state has had its moments. TCU has had its moments. Baylor has had its moments, but there's not that one team or two teams or three teams that you're like, Oh my goodness. How do we get over that hump? So I think Arizona's position nicely, obviously Utah's position nicely. Um, and I think when you start to look at the, where all these PAC 12 schools are dispersing to, I think Arizona set up really nicely, frankly, in both sports, but even just from the football perspective, I mean, just as a, a side example, like look at how USC looked against Notre Dame this past weekend. I'm not saying they're going five and seven every year, but you, you got to go against Michigan and Ohio state on top of the UCLA's and Washington's and whomever. Um, like there, there are a lot of programs in the PAC 12 that I don't think are positioned very well. I think Arizona in both sports is positioned very well. And I think certainly in basketball, even maybe more than football, it's going to benefit them in the bigger picture. All right. So let's transition to basketball. And Shane's going to shake his head when I ask you this question. Okay. But now, since the AP poll has come out, Arizona faces in the non-conference, number two, Duke, number three, Purdue, number four, Michigan State, number 10, Florida Atlantic, number 24, Alabama, and number 26, Wisconsin. Is this a smart move by Tommy Lloyd or is this – a case of over-aggressive schedule. And I'll just add real quick, Aaron, Eric's very afraid of this schedule. He doesn't want any Ooh. part of it. So I guess my, I was, so these are the weird things that I think about over the course of a day. Like I was thinking about the schedule today, uh, you know, based on knowing now that the poll's out. And I guess my question is uh, kind of what I just referenced a minute ago. Did Tommy Lloyd schedule so aggressively because he doesn't believe there's great wins to be had in the Pac-12 this coming year? Or does he just love challenging his team in the out-of-conference? And the reason I bring it up is because I'm just curious what the schedule looks like two, three, four years down the road. But to me, 
I think this is a direct reflection of the former, which is I think he realizes there's not a lot of great wins to be had in the Pac-12 this year. Like as great as Pac-12 football is in its final year, I don't expect the same in basketball. I mean, you know, maybe Washington State has some guys that I don't know about and Oregon State's like, I don't think the league's very good. And so I think there's going to be a lot of frustration. But listen, like I hate to say it, guys, but I will say the NCAA tournament now is like the seeding is so much based on numbers and metrics and analytics as opposed to how do you look I like I know I test isn't a thing and everyone makes fun of like these old, you know, fuddy duddies like me that think that I test actually matters. But like the reason that you have, you know, Rutgers playing Colorado State in Dallas in front of 22 fans is because it's a neutral site game and it looks better in the computers. It looks better in net, blah, 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 this and that. And so I just bring it up because I think that's why Tommy Lloyd put together the schedule that he did was he felt like you know, we don't have to talk quad one, quad two right now, but I, I just think he looks at the Pac-12 and says, USC is going to be good. UCLA, if all the international kids, you know, you know, work out. Um, but there's not, there's just not a lot of like great wins to be had. And so I have to schedule Florida Atlantic and Vegas. I have to schedule all these games, especially on neutral fields, Michigan State on Thanksgiving Day or whatever it is. So um I I I, I don't know if I'd be like worried. I think you're going to find out a lot about the team and, uh, and I think it's going to get them ready for PAC 12 play where I think they're going to steamroll pretty much everybody. Yeah. Aaron, I think that Arizona and Tommy Lloyd really, they went out of, he went out of his way and his coaching staff went out of his way to really fill some in some deficiencies uh, going into this season in terms of great guard play, a defense toughness. They lacked all of those things. Uh, and I think we saw that in their one and done performance in the NCAA tournament. How do you think this year's roster shapes up for Arizona? So I like them. Um, you know, a couple of things. One, I think the way the Caleb Love thing happened, I think it works out very advantageously for Arizona. Certainly didn't work out at North Carolina. Then he commits to Michigan where he's the guy and it's like everything's falling apart and he gets to just, you know, it seems like it was one of those like I get to I'm the captain now kind of deals. And then it doesn't work out. And he comes to Arizona where we know Kylan Boswell's role. We know. Um, you know, some of the other guys in that program. And I think he's kind of got to take that, um, you know, that humility pill, if you will, to just be like, you know what, at the end of the day, this is like, this is, I have to make this work. This is like my last shot. If this does not work, I'm not an NBA player. I'm not having the career that I want. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, I'm excited, but I'm a little bit more optimistic than maybe a lot of people that it works. And then the other guy that I love, and I've, I've not made a secret about this, I think Keisha Johnson's a really, really good basketball player. And, um, you know, the San Diego State thing was really cool, uh, but it was funny being at the Final Four. Like, you know, it was it was a great group of guys, but you could tell that he wanted more. You know, they were all like a sum is greater than the parts team. They have 11, 12 guys playing every game and averaging between like 18 and 28 minutes or whatever. And you could tell he wanted a bigger role. And I think he's a very, very talented player. And I think being in a position where he is going to get a lot of minutes and a lot of opportunity, I think he's going to thrive. My only concern, since I don't want to be, you know, totally pie in the sky, um, you know, the system is kind of built on you got to be able to make open threes. And a lot of those guys don't have a history of doing that, whether it's Caleb Love, Jaden Bradley. But that's what you have the offseason for, and you know that's what you work on in the offseason. I mean, that's all fixable stuff. But I guess that'd be my only concern is we know how they're going to play. We know what it's going to look like, but guys got to hit open shots when they get them. Yeah, and that's my concern as well. Caleb Love and Jaden Bradley, they're, just their field goal percentage in general hasn't been great, but hopefully mm-hmm. uh, they'll they'll both improve collectively next season. Last question for you, Aaron, bringing it back to football for one last question. Uh, since everyone, since Deion Sanders in Colorado is the talk of college football this season, your overall thoughts on the program, they've struggled lately. Eric and I both believe Deion's not going to be at Colorado very long, either because he's not going to do well or that. because he's going to do very well and move on to the, the use it as a stepping stone. What do you think? Well, I think if he leaves, you know, I'm still not totally sold that once his sons are gone, that he's going to have the same investment. Um, But I I don't think it's like I need to get to the SEC because like I think he it's like the thing about Colorado, they they believed in him as as like a power five coach. And we're going to give you the opportunity to do it your way. It's not just we're going to hire you. We're going to let it do let you do it your way. 
So I think he does owe a little bit of, I think he has a little debt of gratitude to Colorado, but um, again, if his sons are gone, whether it's this coming year or the following year, is he going to be as invested in 2026 and 2025 and whatever? Um, you know, it's tough because if they win that Stanford game, they're five and two and they've just, their over under win total was three and a half and, and they had exceeded all logical expectations. And what I say pretty consistently about them is, you know, people say they're overrated. I don't think they're overrated. I think they're overcovered but it's because people want to talk about it. It's an interesting story, Yeah. but that Stanford loss hurts. And, and the one thing I will say, I think Dion, I think, you know, I don't know how to say this. I don't, I don't think he's like feeling the heat, but I think he's lost. The, like, I think there's a lot of guys in that locker room that think because they play for Colorado because of Dion's past, because of Dion's social media, because of Dion's presence that they've made it. And I think you see that in some of the dumb penal, like they're the most penalized team in the country, just stupid mistakes, whatever. Um, you know, they're kind of the opposite of Arizona. They're trending in the wrong direction, going into their bye. I think they have a ton of stuff to clean up. Um, but I, I think it's a great story. But I do think that Stanford loss, like if you win that game and you're five and two, nobody can say much to you. But now you're four and three. Their back half of the schedule was really tough. Um, I think it's going to be a fight to get to a bowl game. If I could tell you how much that lost me in a parlay that was, I had a minus <laughs> six and a half and oh I was so, dis- it just set the tone for my weekend. Oh I no. Mean, outside of Arizona. And I was all over Washington state, by the way. And you're, we're going to, you're going to stick around for picks. Sure. Uh, where that was, I missed my first Arizona game against the spread all year. Now six and one, no Arizona games this week, but you'll help us out before we end this segment. I want to ask you, tell everybody where people can find you on X or uh, on Instagram, just you're everywhere. Just tell us where we, everybody can find you. Thank you. Yeah, no, my, my main uh, social media handle, Twitter is Aaron underscore Torres. That's where I post all the clips to my show, my main show. I do host Fox sports radio every Saturday, kind of the national college football post game show. Uh, no longer with Arnie Spanier, although he was filling in this past week, an old friend Boy. of Eric Cohen's. Yep. Uh, and he, but boy, he was flying high after that Washington state game. I will tell you that much former wildcat himself. Um, and then, yeah, we have, uh, if you like, if you sort of maybe like me, but I talk about too much other random stuff. We do have a Arizona specific, uh, Twitter page called Torres on Arizona, which is basically all Arizona all the time. And, and I have a great, um, you know, person, an Arizona student helping me run that. So uh, that's kind of, you know, news, notes, all that. But then also if I talk Arizona on one of my shows or on a podcast or whatever, all the social, all that stuff gets posted there. So that's a, a good place to kind of keep up there as well. Coming up next, we'll see if Aaron can uh, top the way with our guest pickers this year. Some of them haven't done so well. Blair Willis did pretty well last week. Let's see how Aaron will do here on Wildcat Country. You know, last week I finally missed an Arizona pick as I teased before. I went five and three. You went six and two, and I am now twelve games above five hundred. You are six. You're. Uh, I think we agreed games. on every game except the uh, USC Notre Dame game, didn't we? And I got. Boy, that was one. I was I wrong about that one or what? Now, Aaron Torres is going to try to do better than Blair Willis is five and three. Only seven games Ooh. this week. We're not picking Arizona, so Aaron, the pressure is on. Uh, I was going to start with UConn this week. If you want to <laughs> give us a, a pick on your on your boys. Uh, playing South Florida as two and a half point dogs. This one doesn't count, but where are you rolling with this one? You know, listen, it's like the old, um, it's like the old line from major league. So uh, Lou Brown says, boys, we won yesterday. If we win today and we win tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has That's been ha- done before. That's happened before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they're on a one game winning, you know, I'm so, yeah. I'm kind of bummed. I know, listen, Mora, Pac-12 ties. He was great last year. They made a bowl game. It's been a disappointing start, uh, but I will go a win over South Florida to go on now a two-game winning streak uh, after taking care of uh, business a few weeks ago. I'm going to actually pick them as well. Uh, Shane, I'm not going to ask you to make a pick on this game. It's bad. Uh, Florida Atlantic beat South Florida last week, 56-14. Uh, I, I, I don't know how you bounce back after that. So I'll just stay away from that one. That was not one of our seven games, but let's start with the big one of the weekend. Uh, Penn state at Ohio state and the Buckeyes are favored by four and a half. Aaron, I'll let you start with this one going at Ohio state minus four and a half or Penn state potentially with an upset. All right. So I'll try to be quick here. Um, in the preseason, I picked both Michigan and Penn state to make the college football playoffs. So yeah. 
it seems kind of counterintuitive to take Ohio State here. I know they're at home. They are banged up, though. Like, you know, Abuka's been banged up. Travion Henderson's been banged up. Penn State is essentially on, like, three weeks of a bye. They had a bye. They played UMass last week, and now they play Ohio State. So, really, three weeks to prepare. Ohio State had a, a, a you know, they were at uh, Purdue last week. So I'm actually, you know, I'll take, I'll take, I'll just, since it's against the spread, I will take Penn State against the spread, but I think that they will win. And again, I'm, I'm a, I'm beholden to my preseason picks. I want to look smart. So I'll definitely take Penn State to win it. I'll take them to cover in this case. Take them to cover. Okay. Uh, Shane, how about you? Where are you going with this one? Yeah, we should, I'm surprised you didn't have us pick uh, Penn State and uh, Don Brown's UMass team, the 42 and yeah, a half points. Was, <laughs> they yeah. covered. Penn State covered easily. Uh, I, I, I'm i going to go with Ohio State. I think there's a lot we still don't know about Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, and Ohio State they did have the win over Notre Dame. Otherwise, it's kind of hard to know where they're at. Same with Michigan. But uh, innocent until proven guilty. Ohio State's great every year. Penn State always seems to finish in the 10 to 20 range. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Ohio State to cover. All right, I really don't have – it's Monday when we're recording this. I really don't yes. have a feel as to who's going to win. But Penn State is 12-0-1 in their last 13 games against the spread. That's all I need wow. to see. I think Ooh. this is a three-point game. Either way, give me Penn State to cover. I I, I could go either way. I, I kind of think they're going to pull the upset. But then on the other hand, if Ohio State wins, I think they win by a field goal. Regardless, give me Penn State with the points. I'm going to agree with Aaron here. All right, Oregon is a 20-point favorite against Washington State at home, Shane. Can the Cougars keep this one close after not doing so against Arizona last week? Interesting one. I think, I hope we see Washington and Oregon again. Those are the two best teams in the Pac-12. Uh, with that said, I think Washington State bounces back enough. I think Cam Ward and, and the Cougars were just completely embarrassed. I think they're going to put together a good performance and see this as a great opportunity. I don't think they win, but I think they cover. Uh, Aaron? Yeah, I'll say Washington State. Some would call it an embarrassing loss. I just say Arizona is that good, but not a great loss at home. Oregon licking their wounds. I will say Washington state covers Oregon wins outright. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I am going to take Washington state as well. I just can't see them getting blown out by three touchdowns uh, at this point. And you got the cam Ward has to bounce back after that debacle uh, on Saturday. All right. Tennessee is at Alabama third Saturday in October. This is what we, we love it. It's a college football rivalry of sorts. Alabama's giving nine and a half and they owe some payback from last year. I'm going to go with Tennessee here. I think this game, I think Alabama wins by around a touchdown. So I'm going to roll with Tennessee here. Aaron, how about you? Yeah, it's only Monday. If I had to bet it, I would probably just take the under because they're actually both really good defensive Mm. teams. Tennessee showed that. But because if I would take the under means close, low scoring. So I'll take Tennessee to cover Alabama to win outright. Shane? Yeah, this isn't uh, Nick Saban's uh, typical Alabama team. Uh, We've already seen that. Uh, But I do think they're at home. Uh, like you said, they owe Tennessee some payback. I think they're going to find a way to win by 10 points or more. All right. Uh, a Duke at Florida State and the Seminoles, who were undefeated, are giving two touchdowns to the one-loss Duke Blue Devils. Shane, what do you think? I, I have become a Duke believer. I mean, they should have beaten Notre Dame. Uh, they they are legitimately good. Uh, I think Florida State wins. Uh, I think Florida State is a bona fide uh, national championship contender. Uh, but I think Duke finds a way to cover. Aaron? I'll actually take the Florida State cover, not because I don't love Duke. I think Florida State is really, really, really good, and I think this is the game that Riley Leonard not being in. Again, it's Monday. We, I guess in theory he could be back, but if he's not, I I, I think it's going to be tough to move the ball on that defense. So give me Florida State to win and to cover. I agree with you. Florida State is just a machine at home. They, they've scored, what, 30 points, I think like 10 or 12 games in a row, something crazy like that. Um, I don't know if Riley Leonard, if he plays, will be healthy. I, I will take – Florida State to cover and win this game by at least three touchdowns. All right, Utah at USC. This one's a tricky one, guys. USC is minus five at home. Shane, I'm going to start with you. I don't even know. Go ahead. Give me something. Well, Utah's uh, great at covering at home, not so much on the road. It's pretty. It's as simple as that. USC got embarrassed. I mean, and their embarrassment was coming. Three weeks in a row, they, they didn't play well against ASU and then Colorado and then Arizona, and they finally got humble against Notre Dame. I think this is a get-right game for USC. I think Caleb Williams has maybe his best game of the season, and I think they cover and probably cover pretty easily. Okay. Aaron, how about you? I'm with Shane is um, I think Utah had their number last year, but the quarterback stuff, I just don't think this offense is good enough. And to Shane's point, coming off an embarrassing loss back at home, haven't played well in a couple weeks. I think that humbled them. I think they went in cover. 
Yeah, and also as as you mentioned, uh, USC lost to them twice last year, um, right. including a blowout Pac-12 championship game. There is a level of revenge. No Cam Rising, no Keithy at tight end. Still all season. Uh, I will roll with uh, USC covering the five, and that line will go up. I think I've seen it as high as seven already. So don't be surprised if that goes up a little bit. All right, two more to go. UCLA minus sixteen and a half at Stanford. You know what? After what I saw from Stanford last week, guys, I'm buying the bandwagon. And as Aaron mentioned earlier in the show, UCLA on the road, not as impressive. So I think they win. I just don't think they win by 17 points. So I'll take Stanford. How about you, Shane? I agree with you. I mean, UCLA might not score 17 points on his own just because they're, they're kind of the Iowa of the, of the Pac-12. <laughs> uh, I, I, they're they're going to win. They're going to. I think Stan, that that Stanford win was kind of a fluke, and Colorado taking its foot off the gas, as as Aaron alluded to. Uh, but I I think. I don't see UCLA covering by two and a half scores. Uh, Aaron, how about you? Yeah, especially on the road. I I don't see, I don't think any team in the Pac-12, maybe maybe that school in Tempe, but other than that, I don't think anybody, I don't think they should be a 14 and a half point favorite or whatever you said it was uh, against anybody on the road in this conference. All right, 17, or 16 and a half. Seven, so yeah, 16 and a half? Yeah, they're that's given, yeah, that's a lot of points. And then speaking of a lot of points, our last game this week, kind of depressing that we're not doing an Arizona game, but hey, it's a bye week, so that's our last one. They can't December. lose. We'll take they it. They can't lose. That's right. Uh, Washington given 28 and a half to ASU. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't even know. Shane, I'll, I'll start with you on this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think ASU is finally looking like the team that Vegas thought it was going to be um, when they predicted they were going to win uh, five games this year. They're not going to win five at this point, but I think they're, no. look, they're looking like it. They're, they're the last three games they've looked a lot better than the first three they probably should have beaten cal they took colorado to the wire washington's gonna win washington's a superior team uh they're but they're coming off a bit of a high with that win over oregon any issues at home they're not as bad as as uh no it's that, that washington it's that, that, washington. Wa- is that excuse me it's that washington i still don't know what washington covers uh so i i, I think asu is going to find a way to cover the spread even if washington gets up by four or five touchdowns asu might throw in a garbage time touchdown or two all right last pick aaron what do you got Real quick, I know we're short on time. What time is kickoff of that game? Do we know? It is the late game. I think it's 7.30. Okay, so night game, I'll, I'll just for the sake of being different, I'll take Washington. I mean, I have no oh. super strong opinion on it, but, you know, ASU going on the road, Washington, I think they, they still want to make a statement post-Oregon. I'll be a little different. I'll take Washington. You know what? That's the only pick you and I are going to disagree on. I'm going to take ASU with the points. I see a little bit of you guys a letdown. Are such for Sun Devils homers, the two of you. It's oh unbelievable. my! Yeah, that's uh, that. You know what the strategy good. is, Aaron? When as long as I take ASU to cover, and and I'm if they do, at least I have something to be happy about. It's like my fantasy football strategy. I take players on teams I hate, so if they do well. At least I have that. You can also be the unbiased, uh, you know, the unbiased journalist here, the big J's. Yeah. Oh, no, I took him to cover. Come on, 28 That's right. and a half. That's right. Never a doubt. Love All the right. Sun Devils. Before we let you go, I got to ask you one question I failed sure. to in the last segment. The final four is in Glendale. Hmm. Considering Arizona is supposed to be high. I hope so. I just, should I, should I start looking at tickets? I just, I knew Shane's reaction would be what it is. Should I start looking at tickets yet? Or is it a little too early? I mean, just look at tickets because you'll always be able to sell them if Arizona doesn't make it. And then you should buy a couple extra because if Arizona does make it, ooh, that resale market is going to be bananas. I, I think it's absolutely in play. Why not? By the way, Shane. West Regional is in uh, Staples Center this year. Crypto.com Arena. Excuse Crypto, me. So yeah. it's a it's an Arizona pathway is all I'm saying. Well, at least it's not in Anaheim because that's where Arizona really goes to hell. Is when it's in Anaheim. So look on the look on the bright side. Aaron, we really appreciate you joining Shane and I doing picks with us. Uh, Always great to talk to you. Great info as always. And uh, people know where to find you because you are everywhere on X, Twitter, whatever it's called. We really appreciate it. Uh, For Aaron Torres, Shane Dale, I am Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down.